All right. Check one. Check two. This is it. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour with your host, me, Rob Cantrell. We're up in the 200s. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. This is it. I'm live in Prospect Park, rocking it in Brooklyn. Biggie knows what's up. I got a great uh, guest, one of my dear friends. It's not even a guest. That's what I love about doing this podcast, that I get to kick it with old friends because we're all we're all hustling. We're all out there. This dude is a cer- certified cannabis legend, certified uh, writing legend. But beyond that, he's a good dude. I've known him for like 15 years. He's always been down to help uh, out any of my comedy shit. Uh, any just a great dude to smoke out with, and I always get knowledge from, because uh, he was the absolute uh, senior grow editor at High Times for over 10 years. He's now with a new magazine called North Leaf, Northeast Leaf, which is very cool, which is a little bit more on the cutting edge of what's happening. Cannabis is moving so fast. These are the type of guys that I like to have on the podcast as well as musicians and comedians, but these guys kind of can give me a little bit more insider insight. Uh, you know, he won't mind me calling me. He's a, definitely a weed nerd, uh, but in the best, cool, coolest weed nerd out there. Please give it up for the one and only Mr. Danny Danko, everybody. Hey. I know you're not going as Danko anymore. And it, your last name is Russian, and I always, I always fucking, uh, it might be Ukraine, but uh, I always f it up. Give me your last name one more time. Yes, it is Vinkovetsky, Dan, Danny Vinkovetsky. But you know, sometimes I use the Danko name, you know, uh, that just kind of as a like a legacy thing. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of more of a nickname, kind of skate rat, you know, <laughs> who you see in the parking lot type of nickname, but. Uh, Let's go one more time. Vinvesky? Vinkovetsky. Vinkovetsky. That's yeah. dope. That sounds like a rapper name right yeah. there. Vinkovetsky. Uh, it's Russian and Ukrainian. So, okay. you know. And he was born on, I know all this stuff. I'm not a creep <laughs> because I just, we've been down for so long, but he's born on 4th of July and he is a proud American. Yeah, born in the Soviet Union, which no longer exists <laughs> anymore, but uh, on the 4th of July. And my family left when I was three years old and was raised here in the U.S. And I, I love it here. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm, you know, I love America, but I also think it can be improved upon. You know what I mean? I'm not... You know, yeah, you're not, yeah, you're not, <laughs> you know, and I'm not under any illusions that, you know, this is some, you know, the the greatest country on earth and this and that and the, the other. The most moral. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, of course, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's a work in progress as, as everything is, right? It's all an you experiment. Always, exactly, exactly. Uh, and this experiment, it's like a lot of it is about freedom. And I think you know what I'm talking about is like cannabis is exploding right now. It's always been exploding, but it's gotten ridiculous. Well, in, yeah. In New York City, yeah, so of to course. speak, where we've been for the last 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we legalized it over two years ago. The, the legislature legalized it here. Um, the problem is that they really didn't implement any kind of legal framework until recently so just in january they opened the first licensed dispensaries but over two years of course people are going to fill the void and the vacuum and and that's what happens so we have a lot a lot a lot of unlicensed shops and deliveries and and events and all of that going on uh and really it's the fault of the government for not implementing the licensed stuff sooner uh you know and and so 
we're in this strange place now where they now now the licensed ones are opening and there's crackdowns on the unlicensed ones but really what they should be doing is just giving licenses to everyone who's already doing that their thing and who has been doing it um, even prior to legalization and so that you know it, our system you know the, the the legalization here in New York on paper uh, it's really amazing I mean we have home grow we, we're gonna have consumption lounges uh, a lot of social equity card uh, applicants receiving uh, dispensary licenses and things like that and Love growers that. so you know and 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 now you know the bigger companies are gonna come in shortly the MSOs and we'll see how people can compete it's just tough for any licensed company to compete against the underground market that doesn't have to pay taxes and jump through all the different hoops so really I think the solution is to license everybody and just let it be fr freedom like you said freedom where uh, whoever has got the best product for the best price you know that's capitalism anyway you don't this is a plant that grows from the ground so allowing one person to do it and sell it and someone else is doing it and selling it and that's illegal seems seems weird to me yeah you know I just think um, the less regulation the less of all of that the better uh, and we'll regulate ourselves you know it's uh, that's what hospital rooms do there's no regulation over hospital rooms from the government they regulate themselves because they know how important it is uh, to comply to be in compliance you know because uh, lives are at stake and here you know no lives are really at stake anymore and that's what's great about legalization you know I mean that's the thing some people are like oh I wish it was still illegal it was much cooler it was this it was that those are people who probably never really suffered at the hands of prohibition because uh, if, if you did then you'd know that all the hoops you have to jump through are worth not going to jail and not, you know, going through the, the, the process of all of that, you know, whether it's losing your scholarships or uh, getting kicked off of a organ transplant list or so many different uh, injustices that occurred during prohibition. So, you know, I mean, that's that's what's going on here. And, you know, like I said, it's tough to compete when when all the cannabis licensed cannabis has to be grown upstate you know, outdoors or in greenhouses, and they're competing with Cali packs that are coming here. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, we're in a strange time. You know, we're in the in-between time, and it's interesting to me, having seen it for decades now, bubbling up, and now finally, totally. finally coming to the surface and being, you know, getting, losing some of the stigma, but at the same time, getting some of that stigma back, because, you know, everywhere you go now, you smell weed, right? Like, I mean, yeah. you used to, but now it's even more so. And younger, you know, smokers are a little less respectful, I think, in some ways. Not everybody, but I see a lot of the packaging, pre-roll packagings and things like that laying on the ground. And I'm not into the kid packaging. Like, I'm not into, like, the, putting the it around Mylar candy and or, or, like, all that. I'm not hating on anybody. I just think we got to evolve. And that was some of the regulations that I liked with the New York regulations. Like, they made the artwork not be, like anything about candy or anything it had to be original joints right and it had to be like i don't know two different tones like they everything that was laid out is super smart but they just don't have the infrastructure to enforce it because they didn't understand how many people really do smoke weed. Uh, yeah. i don't think we understand <laughs> right you know it's right. like uh it's been going house mothers and mailmen and doctors and lawyers just been hiding back in the woods forever with this shit. but yep. now it's kind of like exploded and like you say like it is I do find some of the places gross, but I try not to look down upon it 
Um, and I have bought like uh, weed off of the black market. I like to go to Housing Works. I like to support the upstate growers. That's kind of my my taste. It's always been my taste is that I wanted an, a little bit of an elevated uh, product to consume uh, as I get older. Right. And it's, you know, it's lab tested. It's licensed. I think, you know. Yeah. There's something to be said for all of that. Housing Works just announced that they made 12 million in six months, uh, which is pretty amazing. Amazing uh, for them, and that provides in like- competition with all these unlicensed businesses. That, you know, it, it, they are going to crack down. But you're talking about thousands of storefronts. I mean. They, they really, when they do crack down, these places open up the next they're day. They're not slowing down. I know. You know, they open up the next day. Because so, they know the product moves. Well, yeah, and they're making money, and the fines are, are inconsequential. Uh, so now, you know, the mayor's talking about going after the landlords, and, you know, he doesn't want to be so heavy-handed as to, you know, start just start busting down the doors and, and, and things, but... But they kind of have to do something, you know. And I, and my, yeah. to me, the the ultimate solution is just license everybody, man. Like every place that that's open now, let them let them work it out. And if they're still, you know, not in compliance after that, well, then maybe you can crack down or something. But you know, some of these some of these places are acting in, in good faith. And I think um, just because they opened before they had the license doesn't mean they don't deserve to be a part of uh, the system if they want to be, you know? And the culture here in New York, I have to say to give it up, I mean, I, I know this is going to sound weird, but give it up for New York cops. Like, they aren't shaking anybody down. Like, like unless it's like a full-on <laughs> something's going down. You could tell... You could tell some places ate all just weed it's getting run out of, you know. Well, now now you see a lot of mushrooms and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and pro- Which yeah, like I think you said. might be better for culture, actually, <laughs> in, in the long run. Yeah, yeah. As long as, you know, people are mindful about how they're using these things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, psychedelics are, are something that you should be, you know prepared for set and setting is very important you know it's not just something to do on a friday night it's something that you prepare yourself mentally for whether you know and i'm talking about like not microdosing but macro dosing <laughs> i <laughs> but, hear a lot know, more micro dose of goods being more and i used yeah. to do that i used to take like a cat because in the 90s my friends would be doing coke and shit and i would just take one little cap of mushrooms to go out to stay up a little right. bit to be able to run with the wild kids a little <laughs> bit uh and i i've been hearing about that more but you're of right it, you're definitely uh messing with your mind i haven't done a much i have a chocolate bar that i've been sitting on that i did a native american cannabis festival a year ago and it's just sitting there and i haven't eaten it but i i'm waiting for the perfect time but now i think it might be a little too old and i'm hearing because you got to get mushrooms kind of fresh what's the word on the street well, fresh yeah i mean they should be dried out but yeah. you don't want them you know crumbling into old. dust yeah i mean they're just going to lose some of the potency yeah um they're not going to be poisonous or anything like that you know but this one was called <laughs> penis envy <laughs> right which right, is a popular one right. and then i was like all i'm gonna do is trip about how little my dick is the whole time <laughs> i'm gonna be sitting there like oh damn like it's right the mushrooms are right i have a little dick <laughs> oh wow i love it you know, which is a bad trip you don't want to be thinking about your dick when you're tripping <laughs> You want to be thinking about the universe, the stars, the moon. Uh, yeah. I don't even know. When was the last time? I mean, not to get pry into it, because I know you've gone to a couple concerts. I thought it might fall into that. When was the last time you had some mushrooms? Oh, wow. Out? Okay. Uh, well, I fresh. went to the Dead & Co. show at uh, 
at City Field. I'm here. so jealous. <laughs> I should have done a broadcast yeah. from the parking uh, lot. Oh, man, to. the parking lot scene was insane. I mean, seriously, with the nitrous balloons, the people are crazy. I mean, they really... I don't know, man. Did you have? I know you. <laughs> I like did not. To, I have, and I mean, in the past, I have been known for old my balloon consumption. Same, same. But I was so kind of like disgusted by, not disgusted, but just kind of like turned off a little bit by, just how prevalent it was. Like, you know, there was just hundreds of people with balloon, you know, five balloons in each hand, trying to sell balloons for twenty dollars a balloon, and I don't know. It just, and it's you know, gross. you see people falling down and. And, and I, you know, it was a little gross, honestly, to, for me, from the outside looking in. Uh, and I have been that person, okay? It's like, I have sold nitrous. I have done a ton of no, nitrous. No but judgment. I, but, no judgment. But, yeah, but, you know, but just got myself. But we all evolve and see stuff from a exactly, different angle. Exactly. The show was amazing. I did, you know, somewhere between a micro and a macro dose, I would say. Perfect. You know, just enough to, like, you know, get the giggles and get the the colors to be a little more vivid and the the lasers and the light show and you know i you know i i saw the dead with jerry on the last tour well not the greatest tour um but i saw a boston garden show um 94 95 around there sometime wow, epic. um which was great you know I, I i have that on my on my resume or whatever but uh i felt like mayor did a great job and i felt like they you know it's just a great vibe and you know you can hate on it if, if you're like old school and, and, you know, you only want to see Jerry and the dead and, you know, to me, it's just another iteration. You've got Bobby of a great, Weir up there, yeah, man. Yeah, Bobby Weir. And he was great, too. I'm not the, you know, the hugest Bobby fan, but he was amazing. You know, oh, that's he, like did a morning, he did a morning do that really, uh, like, made me emotional and, like, oh, shit. you know, and they did uh, Dear Mr. Fantasy. They did a bunch of great tunes. Uh, and it was really wonderful to be there and experience it and especially experience it, you know, with just a little bit of a, a psychedelic tinge to it, too, you know? Yeah. Did you take the subway? <laughs> I did, actually. I did. I took Coming a seven back on train. the subway, <laughs> on seven train on mushrooms after the dead coat, bro. Yeah. Well, you know, you've got some like-minded people with you on the train as well. So, you know, it was really nice. And, I, you know. New I York doesn't give a fuck if you pay attention. If you, if you, that's what I love about New York is like, you could be the biggest freak or whatever, but if you just, if you don't bother anybody, nobody bothers you, even if you are tripping. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, it's all about set and setting. Um, I don't know that the subway is always the best set and setting, no. but you know, it's also a, a, a cheap ride home. Great ride home. <laughs> and it's air conditioned. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, sometimes I come from the airport and there's always this moment where like, should I get an Uber or should I take the, uh, AC train or should I take this train home? And, uh, Sometimes the traffic's so bad that the subway is even better. You know? Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Especially you know in Manhattan, Midtown, and things like that. It's that's even... just to tell people out there that it might be visiting New York. Yeah, Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, definitely take the subway in Manhattan for sure. Like if you got some shit uptown during um, during some stuff. Yeah, you gotta sometimes utilize just to boom, boom, boom. And it is weed friend. It's weed friendly, but you could have a <laughs> meltdown down there. But if you're if you're experienced. Uh, you don't have to drive, which is always uh, a better look. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's, uh, you know, there's so many events now here in the city. It feels like every night there, there's a cannabis-related uh, sesh or, you know, competition or some kind of get-together, whether there's music or, you know, performances. It's it's pretty pretty amazing. We have a very unique 
uh, cannabis culture here in New York. Um, and it really goes back to the jazz era. We're talking the 30s and the 40s, Louis Armstrong and Mez Mezro and reefers, sticks and all that stuff. I mean, that's that's how uptown and downtown met. You know what I mean? That's how the first integ- real integration was was white people from the village going up and listening to jazz in Harlem and smoking weed. And that was like, you know, taboo and frowned upon by some parts of the culture. And yet it's really how these cultures meshed. And then if you fast forward through to, music and cannabis, right. it's always but you can fast people. forward to the 70s and you could say the same thing about hip hop and graffiti and uh, and uptown meeting downtown over some weed. You know, same thing. It was like, you know, uh, the art world of Soho, you know, suddenly embracing graffiti writers and 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 all of that and and hip-hop being you know coming down and being performed uh you know at clubs that are punk rock clubs and things like that this the blending of these cultures it's almost like weed is is the glue you know or the the common thread that unites people and i think we could use a lot more of that these days you know something to unite us you know, because it's not partisan, you know, it, it, I mean, it, it so can, much it, has it, been, yeah, no, I get can what be politically, you know, yeah. in some cases, but, but the reality is people from all walks of life smoke weed, all ages, all genders, all, you know, cultures. I've gotten high with Republicans. <laughs> yeah, me too, you know, <laughs> but you know, it's, 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 uh, it's a uniter, not a divider to quote, uh, the original Bush. <laughs> yeah, it is because it does bring you back to the moment and it kills, you know, and that kills the ego. I don't think you can ever kill the ego. But the thing about cannabis and in psychedelics, it makes you aware of the ego. And if you're old enough, you can kind of see where that's what's nice about you and I are both enjoying a spliff right now. I have uh, some homegrown outdoor upstate shout out to, uh, yeah, my buddy Tim. Uh, the producer who's been helping me he made sure I had some good homegrown for the podcast. And then you actually have one of my favorite strains. That looks like some powerful uh, cannabis right there. Yeah, that's trade. headband. Let's trade. That's the yeah. headband. That's just won the Battle of the Brands contest that I helped to judge uh, here in Manhattan. And, uh, you know, that's the classic kind of headband. What's funny is it that won. That tastes like High Times Office. <laughs> What's funny is that it won, the category that it won was called like old school throwbacks. And like, I had to like come to terms with the fact that like OG and headband and sour are now like throwbacks. I know. You These know, whereas trains, to me, everybody. I would think, you know, haze, you know, haze is the throwback, white widow, you know, the, yeah. to me, old school is different than, hold on, I'll wait for here for a second. That's what's good about having these shore mics. Yeah, we got the choppers up here, but cannabis is legal. So yeah, get somebody's off our back. somebody's headed out to the Hamptons. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely uh, yeah. Some stockbroker is fucking gonna make his early uh, vacay. Uh, what do you think of that? This is great. It's buddy. nice. It's yeah. nice. It's very much like you said, like a homegrown kind of vibe. You know, earthy. <clears throat> um, but nice, a different different vibe. I think definitely milder, more mellow, uh, and more of a daytime smoke. You know, even though this headband is a pretty decent daytime smoke, it you know it can knock a, 
people out too. Yeah, yeah, it's know. it's kind of like up there with Kush. Like there's certain, yeah, it's kind of upper tier strain. That... Honest, I think the original reason it's called headband is because it kind of like hits you in the forehead. Sometimes you get a little sweat and yeah, and uh, and it, you feel it like kind of behind the eyes. You if know? you need any water, I got us. <laughs> I got you some. Water, I got coffee. Here, I know man. we got the coffee. The show's about coffee, so you know. I know, saying? but I've done this show before where I got lit up, and then all of a sudden I I, I got I, I pulled the, the Mitch McConnell okay. and I started. Oh. <laughs> Right, right. I started fading, but not to talk politics. I'm not trying to talk politics. I'm trying to talk cannabis, and I'm talking about this Deadco. Now, did right. you see Mickey rap? Did you see him do no, fire on the mountain? No, the rap I didn't version? get the rap. Didn't get the rap. Uh, but SF got, got the rap, right? I know. Yeah, they did. They those only were, got it one night. Those were the last shows, I believe, and so yeah, they they busted that one out. Um, but fire yeah. on the mountain is one of my favorite. Not even favorite tunes favorite like favorite not even favorite dead tunes like favorite tunes in general that's like, a good one it's just always in the background like oh this song's good and you turn it up yeah yeah it was a fun show you know and the night before i, w I went to the cure <laughs> with my <laughs> wife and some friends from out from out of town uh, and that was a great show too that was at madison square garden I'm actually going to see Fish tomorrow night, uh, Friday night. Uh, on the, they're doing seven nights here at MSG. Not the biggest Fish fan in the world, but I their live show is amazing. And um, I want to go out to more music. Tell me more. Yeah, I love all of this. I think everybody's kind of scared coming out of COVID, and then with stand up, it's hard to get out. But when I do see it, I was hanging out with somebody who was asking me the last concert I saw, and I couldn't remember. So that's what I'm psyched. You saw the Cure. And I remember The Cure, that only that one song that I know that used to have, but they would do a funky drummer beat on it, and they go, do, 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 you know that one? Yeah, I think so. So Close to You, is that it? Yeah, that's the one. That's the jam. Yeah. And it has the, get the remix with the funky drummer, is the sickest. Yeah, no, they put on a great show, uh, and, you know, again, you can smell the smoke in the air Do you think all throughout Cure's the garden. a stoner band? No, I just think that, you know, within every community, there is, like, the stoner uh, culture. In, I mean, even, like, the craziest communities, <coughs> you know, I I, uh, I just feel like it's something that's part of every culture uh, and something that can unite us, and I think... It is. Know, uh, hopefully computer culture like there's dudes in apple like super oh. apple nerds that just code and smoke dabs all day <laughs> yeah well and we've talked a little bit about psychedelics but i don't know that we would have you know computers and iphones and all of that the way we have it now without psychedelics a lot of those guys um jobs and you know the people at the forefront of uh basically creating what we now you know what's ubiquitous the phone the phones in our pockets and the computers that we 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 do everything on that culture you know psychedelics cr created it i mean yeah it was ibm before that but it those cats kind of opened it up like they were like oh you can't because before then like we, you and i are old enough to see like the rise of computers i remember houses not having computers and oh, then yeah. i remembered having a personal computer and then it would kind of go into these stages where now everybody has a computer. Oh, yeah. It used to be yeah. this thing that collected dust. Some people used it. Some people played that uh, video game that, that was like the Olympics on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but then it went into then it went into more writing. Like I had a I had one of the big early Macintoshes that it's I used park. for school. Big. Uh, yeah, the Macintoshes. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, well, uh, and they got smaller and smaller, and they basically got, uh, you know, to the point where you can put a computer in your pocket and bring it with you everywhere you go. Yeah, now we have these absolute supercomputers. He's out. Yeah. Uh, we did have uh, a park dude just stroll by. Danny well, went into old school. <laughs> you know, technically, you're not supposed to smoke in a, in a yeah, city park. You, yeah, technically, and, we're kind of running a little wild. Well, so that's anywhere, what I would, you're supposed to smoke anywhere you can smoke cigarettes. Uh, and cigarettes are technically not allowed in the park. So, you know, I, it's good to be respectful of uh, the whatever the laws that they give us, you know, as much as possible. But, you know, it's also an open-air park, and people do smoke in it all the time. So, <laughs> check. Um, yes, let me, I was just checking, um, the amount of time that was on here. Shoot. Let's keep it going. <laughs> uh, it's funny how we just kind of went back into old school. <laughs> yeah. But it is kind of, we are in Prospect Park and I thank you for doing this podcast because I'm just trying to, uh, take it outside as the kids say <laughs> yeah yeah no i love it and it's funny that you say it's old school because that's the ptsd that we have from the old days i talked to chemdog about this too uh one point we were at some event and then we we're looking around and i said you know isn't it great like we don't have to look over our shoulders anymore and like hide and everything and he said yeah yeah and then he said but i still do <laughs> and so that's something that's ingrained in us if we're in our you know 40s or 50s or older uh and something that younger kids aren't gonna have to deal with as much and i think that's a great thing because it is stressful and traumatic to have to hide the fact that you're just a cannabis consumer and like especially just a responsible adult using cannabis and to have to hide that is is infantile you know what i mean it makes you feel a certain way like that this isn't cool you know what i mean and like I, somehow the stigma that they feel about us we project upon ourselves because we we do have to hide it you know what i mean that's when true. we see a cop or whatever and now the kids younger kids kids growing up now they won't have to do that they can smoke in front of a cop here in new york at least you know yeah not, not everywhere i mean there's places where you could still get the death penalty for cannabis but here these younger kids don't have that trauma ingrained in them and i think that's a really good thing so whatever you want to say about legalization or anything like that uh you know being somehow bad it's it's is really good you know and the, it, yeah the, it, it's it's impossible to measure basically what doesn't happen the 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 traumas that don't occur and the arrests that don't happen and the people that don't go to jail and lives that don't get affected yeah absolutely so you know uh, it's baby steps but we're getting there and i think we've gotten a long way you know i've seen you know you 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 came to amsterdam with us back in what was that 2011 or something or two seven i think oh, two, oh that was the first oh, time seven. Oh, seven yeah so you've you know you know how that was the only place around then you know what i mean where there was no you know, cannabis cups in america yeah, yeah yeah and yeah it was almost so underground like regular people didn't know about it it yeah. was like a thing yeah we even got raided by the dutch government which is pretty hard to pull off you know what i mean like they're fairly tolerant but we still got raided a couple times over there we got raided a few times over here too um, but that's happening less and less. That's, and that's good old high times. High times <laughs> is a lot like the Grateful Dead. Are they good or are they bad? Like we talked about with uh, the um, 
uh, where we talked about like the, the parking lot of Deadco, like, you know, there's good and bad in everything, you know? And so high times would, would push it sometimes, you know, and then the government would push back and it was just always like, but it all, the founder was a punk rock dude and it was founded in the scrappy seventies when it was, you know, and everybody was like, what are you talking about? Pot is like the easiest drug out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But when I started, you know, we, we had, uh, when I started, we really had to have our sh our shit together and and know from the lawyers what we can and can't do and can and can't say, you know, and how far we can push things because, uh, you know, you could get the whole company shut down if you did something messed up, especially in the, my department, the cultivation department. Oh my you know, God. you had to be careful uh, as far as w what you did and where you went and you know who, what you revealed, you know, in articles and things like that. So. You know, like I said, we've come a long way. Uh, still a long way to go. There's still people in jail for weed, uh, nonviolent cannabis offenses. You know, thousands of people. Got to get them out. You know, we we got to remove the stigma about this plant. You know, being some dangerous narcotic. We're talking about a healing flower. We're talking about a beautiful plant that's here to help us. So you know, if it's not for you, it's not for you. But like. So some some of us really truly love it and uh, really enjoy it and it enhances our lives uh, in a great way. Some some people I know it saved their lives. You know what yeah. I mean? I meet a lot of people that tell me that. And uh, there's no you know, arguing the the uh, what is the menis what I'm not pronouncing it right. Minutia. No, when oh. it's uh, when it uh, has to do with um, uh, municipal, it's uh, has to do with your health. Medic medicinal yes okay there's yeah. no there's no it has to i mean it is 100 yeah, percent. first of all it cuts anxiety it causes it a little bit but yeah as you said like growing up with that much trauma being scared from the cops where you just wanted to rest for me it just always would rest my brain and uh put me in a sense of like looking at things different slowing down like we can the rat race is for real out here nobody can argue that the rat race ain't for real out here you talk about being in the moment and it, how cannabis puts you in the moment. Think about all the self-help books out there, all the videos that people buy, the yoga practices, and all these things that people try to do in order to be in the moment. Everyone's always thinking about the future or the past, but be here now is what Ram Dass said. And there's no better way, I think, to do that, or at least to start doing that, than cannabis and some psychedelic medicine. It does open the plant, door to the now. Plant medicines and fungal medicines that are out there that put you right in the moment. And, uh, and you know, like I said, people pay a lot of money. <laughs> to, Sometimes the moment's therapy. too powerful for people. People yeah. pay a lot of money, money for that. And cannabis reveals you to yourself. I mean, like, that's the other thing. People who smoke cannabis, in most cases that I find, are just better people in in, in a lot yeah. of cases because because they're self reflective. Yeah, they're able to look at themselves and say, "Wait a second, was was what I was doing shitty? Like, am I an asshole? Yeah, am I the baddie? Yeah, everybody's you know? a little bit of an asshole. Right. So it makes you self aware. Yeah. And, and even being even an more asshole, so, I'll yeah. deal with an asshole if they're self aware more than an asshole that's not self aware. Right. Those are two different oh, very energies. Much, very much so. <laughs> yeah, very much so. And. Uh, and 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 it's something that reveals you to to yourself you know cannabis and psychedelics reveal who you are to yourself yeah uh in the same way that adversity can in, you know and, and things like that losing you know 
getting uh, devastated in some way can also introduce you to who you really are because that's who, that's that's who you are aside from who what you project out there to the world and weed reveals that to you and so does some you know psychedelic experiences so to me that's world changing it's changing the a person but it's also changing the way they relate to the world and therefore like making them a better person and helping them to relate with other people and just and therefore spreading love and not anger and hate and and fear you yeah a hundred percent man it uh you know people can it's rag on the hippies yeah totally it's a tool though you know what i mean i'm not saying it makes you a great person because there's plenty of shitty people that smoke weed and do psychedelics i'm saying it can it's a tool that you can use it can reveal these things and it can make you a better person doesn't automatically do that right it's, you gotta do that you, yeah, you're still on your own work, yeah there's work you gotta do <laughs> yeah. on your own you gotta understand it and you gotta yeah. take in what it's given you but it can do that it can help and it can help i do think it's good for older people like with my knees and my and my uh, ankles and anytime you know being active in life uh it's just like something that can that can help me to like recuperate more healthy. I don't know, for some I, reason it's just worked for me. You mentioned old people. I wrote an article recently about cannabis for end of life experience, cannabis and psychedelics, but for end of life, like yeah. taking a, a dose of psychedelics just in order to come to terms with the fact that you're dying, Yeah, you know, for people with late stage cancer and things like that. Um, and Cause it's, I, heavy. Know, it, it's, it's heavy, but I mean, it's true and it can, it does help. It, well, can, yeah, help. it can help you accept it. Uh, yeah. Of yeah. What's, of, of the way of life flows. Right. right. And, so uh, even that, it's hard to go against know, it when you're high on weed and <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Aldous Huxley, when he was on his deathbed, his, he, his wife administered him with LSD and they said it was like one of the most peaceful deaths yeah. you know surrendering to the void that's what i called the article from the um it's from uh the beatles song to, nice. uh, and uh actually the beatles song goes back to uh like the book of death or one of those kind of tibetan like, book of death yeah tibetan book of death i've read parts i read the cliff notes <laughs> they had did I actually had like the smaller book that that was like the breakdown of it but yeah that's heavy man yeah yeah, so you know, the, it's a it's a a tool, a healing flower that's here on this earth to help us. Uh, like all plants, you know, well, not all. I would say all plants and, and fungi because some some can kill you, but those experiences are how we evolve too as a species. And uh, you know, uh, I think there's certain things we have to get rid of, you know, and shed to evolve. And I think cannabis helps with that too. You know, things like religion like organized religion and nationality like really strong nationality feelings and stuff it's like this planet is all of ours uh, you know and uh we really do need to get back to the planet and the earth i mean the hippies were right about that for sure yeah especially with global warming it's getting a lot more real and i don't want to bomb anybody out on the podcast because it's like on everybody's back of mind even like probably the most conservative people how hot the earth is well, right now what's crazy is you know, I, I have a solution, and What's you know, the and, and it, it has to do with with cannabis in a weird way because I learned to grow weed, and 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 then became like a green thumb. So like I have house plants all over the house and things like that, uh, but I couldn't have cared less about 
house plants until I started growing weed. Um, so it opened my eyes to soil and how to care for soil and how to, you know, basically treat plants if you want to keep them alive. Uh, and in a way, it's the same with a planet. It's like you sequester carbon in the soil. You improve your soil year after year by adding organic material. You do composting. You do, uh, you know, compost teas and things like that. And you, you use less and less inputs in your soil, less and less like added nutrients and just more and more just organic material like compost. And you build up the soil and it, you sequester carbon in that soil. And that's the solution for global warming, just more family farms and less factory farms, more living soil, uh, more, you know, just improving it year after year. And it's more economical. And the only question I had was could you feed the whole population this way and the answer is yes because the whole population was fed this way prior to world war ii factory seeds you, i put in my smoothie factory farming isn't how it's always been factory farming started at the after world war ii so we we can go back very easily to family farming and smaller farms creating you know more heirloom type products grown beyond organically you know what i mean like whatever the certification just local are. yeah yeah local farms providing food you and, get your tomatoes you get and, your kale yeah. you get your uh, raspberries and the more you improve the soil the more you know the less you have to add to it uh as far as plant foods and things and but us hipsters you know, have to move into these big cities and just get down it's all right. you can funk. do it you can do it in the city too you can you we're can. in prospect park and it's <laughs> just so nice to come over here because the city will wear your mind down uh but when you get into nature man as the older i get and the more and especially with cannabis helps with you getting back into nature and just into a yeah having a good park near you is key yeah nice hike with a couple oh, joints and, oh. and you know it's uh it's an amazing thing, and uh, I think more and more people are discovering that because of the stigma being remo removed or relieved. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're only at the, we're just barely scratching the surface right now. You know, several generations have to go by before that stigma's gone. And then we'll really start discovering even more he about the healing properties of cannabis, more testing, lab testing, more uh, doctors getting on board with prescribing cannabis for people patients and all of that so and what kind of oils you can get out of it uh yeah and i always thought about the paper movement and the, and the uh you know i don't why what is the reason why uh we don't have hemp paper making all our paper products is is it too expensive to grow hemp like i tried I to buy people hemp are paper. just people are just very used it's expensive because people you gotta go to canada right it's not enough the of day. it they gotta grow grow it for fiber and uh basically people are just used to bleached white paper you know the way it is and uh it's very difficult to get people to change their ways just like it is with like plastic bags and you know but if uh, you had non-bleached cannabis paper wouldn't that just go right into the soil is is it i guess what kicked in my mind when you said bleach like a milk carton a lot of it's because of the waxing and the artwork on it like cardboard is cardboard biodegradable cardboard I, will biodegrade but that's what but, i think but there's also you know ways to make cardboard stronger and or put inks and things in there that are make it harder to biodegrade uh and certain you know of course if there's waxes and plastics and things um but yeah i mean 
<coughs> hemp is all about processing the hemp, you know? So when I was younger, we knew we had hemp for grown in Canada or China for fabric or for uh, seeds, because it was like Manitoba's harvested hemp seed industry. And totally. we and we were I was protein. at Headcase Hemp Hats. We made baseball hats and, and clothing out of uh, hemp fabric. But this we, is the job he had before high time. Right, this, this is, is called Headcase. Like case. 97, 96, 97. Down for the cause. <laughs> and uh, and then the hemp industry kind of just died out in like the 2000 or so. I remember uh, it was there go was hemp. a hemp store in like every sh every little town had a hemp store yep. in the late 90s, and then uh, it all kind of went away. The industry kind of fell apart a little bit I like uh, and it's pants. all because of process it's great pro yeah, it's know. great clothing like it, it does breathe like if people rag on it and make a lot of jokes like oh it's nasty or it looks stupid but if you have some really good hemp like a hemp shirt or hemp short like it almost has like that summertime cloth like yeah I think feel yeah, to it I that think it, it breathes failed. it failed because you know they just it was like uh, too expensive they tried, well they tried to separate the rope from the dope like they really the hemp industry tried to kind of like distance itself yeah, from yeah, any connection to that. pot, which doesn't make any sense because the only people who care about hemp well, They wanted to get in the capitalist environment, yeah. Right, well they just, they had this weird separation and I see it in the hydroponics industry or used to see it a lot more where, you know, the hydro shows would get together and or they'd have their industry trade shows and everyone would be talking, on the floor would be talking about like peppers and tomatoes and, and cuttings and things like that. And then they'd get go outside and smoke joints and stuff and then go back into the convention and and again just ignore the fact the big green elephant in the room which is pot is the fuel of this entire industry and turning your back on it or pretending it doesn't exist or you have no connection to it is bad for business yeah uh yeah you got to be down for the leaf uh in north leaf magazine now tell me a quick thing about this and then we'll sign off i'll give a shout out to the coffee that i'm drinking uh but thank you so much for coming out but you you moved from a new magazine. What's the magazine industry like these days? You know, it's 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 tough. You know, print is very difficult. Uh, but but luckily, you know, with high times, we had to we had charged money for the magazine uh, on newsstands. With Northeast Leaf, for the last three years, I've been doing this magazine, and it's free. We give it away, so it's ad advertiser driven, and we just send boxes to dispensaries, uh, head shops, and. Uh, you know, some hydro stores, but mostly dispensaries throughout the Northeast from Maine down to New York and New Jersey um, for them to just give out to customers uh, as an educational tool for cannabis consumers. So it's really just, you know, we cover the strains and the concentrates and the in that are out there available to the general public at a dispensary, whether it's in Massachusetts or Maine or, or here in New York or New Jersey or Connecticut and now Rhode Island, everywhere but New Hampshire, basically, <laughs> at this point. And even they're going to come around eventually. Yeah, the but, Northeast likes some weed. Yeah, so now there's pretty much dispensaries in all, almost all the eight states that we cover. So that's what we do. We just, uh, we're trying to teach great. people about terpenes and cannabinoids and flavonoids. So they're not just looking at just THC percentage when they go into a shop uh, as to what they need for themselves what they want to what, what's best for you might not be the highest thc thing on the board it might be a different f combination of 
you know, scent and flavor. Oh, yeah, you got to know your stuff. We can terpenes, talk about terpenes, yeah, but I want to give you props on, on the Northeast. <laughs> I always loved the Village Voice. I always loved city papers. Like, growing up, that's how I'd look at bands. Like, I looked forward to, like, the free, cool newspaper. Yeah, yeah And even no... looking at their ads, like... So shout out to Northeast. I hope you guys the most success. And do you print on hemp paper? Has we it? don't. We print on regular paper, but it's 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 kind of like a newsprinty kind of paper. So it's it's you know and and again when the magazine is free, it it gives you the opportunity not to like have to oversell anything. You know what I mean? Like yeah, cover yeah. lines. I remember with at high times, you know, we'd have to come up with these cover lines. You know, just like you know three pounds in five minutes, you know, and things like that, just to get people to spend a little national inquiry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Well, just like anything, men's health is going to always say you can get you got it. It's business rock hard abs day. in yeah. five, you know, in five 15 minutes. minutes a day. But you know, it's, it, there's no hard sell. You yeah, know, you it's, guys it's, it's a giveaway. Yeah, cheesy about it's it. It's a giveaway. We, 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 you know, we reach people through advertisers that pay for us to exist. Uh, and you know, we just try to educate people and be the uh, voice of the culture and the community and the industry, all together. Because you it, you can't separate it all entirely, you know, especially with eight different states that we're dealing with. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a mad mad world out there. But thank God there's <laughs> weed out there, and there's great cannabis in the Northeast. I'm a big fan of Massachusetts weed. Every time I go up there, I yeah, like that scene. I don't sleep on Maine either. Maine is that's probably what I've been hearing. Best. Maine is Vermont in there too. Vermont for sure. Yeah, those old Vermont. hippies have been up there. They all have been. Uh, there's always <laughs> yeah, been Vermont's some good been old uh, hippies out, up there. Homegrown for for decades, many decades. Yeah. I can remember. Isn't that where fish is from? Or they exactly. Were, yeah. 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 Well, that's where they got together in colleges and stuff. I mean. And you're gonna see them tonight or tomorrow? Tomorrow night. MSG. Oh, yeah. Friday night. They're gonna play their last show of the seven is on Saturday. But uh, are they gonna rock some tweezer? I, I would imagine. I mean, you never know. That's right? one of the best guitar <laughs> licks in the world. Is tweezers <laughs> one of my favorite guitar licks out there? Uh, some of my favorite bass grooves are uh, Waiting Room by Fugazi, oh, yeah. uh, Barney Miller theme, <laughs> and then there was one other uh, that I've been thinking that was like, wow, that's a great... I mean, there's thousands. You got a favorite <laughs> bass groove? What's your one of your wow. favorite bass grooves? Uh, I mean, anything like Sly Stone related, yeah. <laughs> I would say. Uh, one uh, Sly... I mean, there's so many jams of his. But I don't know it all. I think, like I thank just you whatever. for letting me be, be my myself. That's got that again. <laughs> uh, turnstile. You know you jumped fucking slime the family stones lyrics. Uh, no, that that's a jam. Because being yourself is the key to it all. You know, and that's where I do think about what's cool about cannabis and psychedelics is that it kind of knocks out that judgment zone. Um, Sometimes it amplifies it, but it does make you not as judgmental. You know, that's what they were talking. I was reading this whole thing about LSD and um, and the Grateful Dead. You know, those guys were tripping so much on, like, all this new fucking great LSD. Um, but it, it makes you uh, as get into the music faster because you're not judging people around you. It's like going to a concert. Like, you can't judge people when you're dancing at a concert because everybody looks like a fucking idiot, you know, especially at any of those jam band shows, all those funky white people trying to dance on beat. Uh, but it's fun and cool, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I've been doing the magazine. I've been uh, doing the podcast for beginner home growers called Grow Bud Yourself, uh, available wherever people 
uh, listen to podcasts. If you want to grow weed, this we're, is the dude to hear it from, my yeah, man. Yeah, we're, ladies. Yeah, we're on 118 episodes of that one, and I did one prior to that from 2011 to 2018 at High Times called Free Weed uh, that is also available for people to listen to, and uh, a lot of great information out there for, for the home grower, uh, the person who just wants to have their little four by four tent in their house and grow some weed uh and you know my book is out there for beginner home growers as well on amazon or wherever people get books and uh i've been doing some grow classes too here and there uh live and in person uh which is always fun and uh a teacher a scholar yeah. well you know the home growth thing is kind of my lane i i really i think the best quality cannabis is coming out of small places you know in you know and in particularly in living soil if you can manage that um and it's not grown for money that's the thing that i like about homegrown that's this joint i have like you know it's not like they they'll sell it but at the meantime they're doing it for the love and usually just like they want to smoke something good yeah i mean at a certain point it's going to be the only way you're going to be able to get the highest quality you know i i, I envision at some point you know home growers that have their extra you know that they're not going to need are going to form some type of farmer's market kind of system where you just go to the farmer's market and you pick up a jar of this and a jar of that from your local home grow farmers small batch farmers you know uh preferably using things like living soil techniques and sun grown which is amazing if or greenhouse uh instead of like indoors under lighting with air conditioning and tons of electricity being wasted uh the plant wants to be free the plant wants to grow in the sun the only reason people grew it indoors was because it was illegal to grow you know you had to hide it (laughs) you had to hide it in your basement or in your attic so let it be free let it be free yeah bring it out bring it out and to the sunshine and let it get the full sun that it wants and deserves and you know what you get better terpenes better flavonoids and better uh essential oil production from the sun that you then you do from trying to imitate it indoors under any kind of lighting uh so let the plant grow freely in the sunshine and uh you know i agree i agree thank you danny thank you for being on the podcast uh you're such a great old friend check out danny's books check out uh what's the podcast name grow uh, grow bud yourself grow bud yourself <laughs> uh grow bud yourself is a funny uh line and all different danny's funny uh and a great dude check him out and uh thanks for doing the podcast buddy thank you thanks rob yep Always. peace and love everybody yeah, out into the universe we're out
Thank mm-hmm. you.